baby, you know what that sound means. It's time for The Edge with Terry Waldrop. Terry talks about all the hottest topics in sports every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. He's controversial, he's charismatic, and he's the captain of this ship for the next hour. Here's your host, Terry Waldrop. And he's not only all those things, but he's not here. He's not for a third consecutive <laughs> for day. For the third consecutive add. day, he's not here. So you're stuck with Jamie Foxx and Mark Kramer here on the edge. Hope you don't think that really. Of course, we're no, just long we're summer, happy yes. and honored that uh, Mr. John Tabor is producing our show again this morning. So welcome on this Friday here on the edge, brought to you by Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital, 165 North in Monroe, 345-4545. Best pet care anywhere on the planet. Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law. He specializes in wrongful death, personal injury, and criminal defense. Don't delay. Call Bobby today, 342-1411. And Spa Nouvelle and Lambing Lane in Monroe. Pamper the special person in your life. And you can do that by calling them at 807-1060. And you can pamper us by calling us or texting us yeah. on the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union text line or hotline 888-993-7762. I always take my time with that because I have listeners tell me all the time, you give the number too fast. Everybody on all your shows gives the number too fast. So eight, it's eight, 888-993-7762. Eight, eight, because yeah. I had somebody well, else say, why do you say that so slow? <laughs> it's funny how people pick apart your delivery. I don't know. I guess because we are slow, Mark. I don't know. We're <laughs> slow, old, yeah. decrepit, yeah, right. uh, degenerate. Uh, I don't know. We, we answer all of those. Uh, happy Friday to you and yep. John. Um, it is only going to be a brisk 102 today with the humidity. I think the heat index will get up to about 115, I think they were talking about. The next three days, heat oh index gosh. is around 115, so... Everybody uh, be safe if you're doing yard work. Keep or, your dogs inside. Yeah, watch your, watch your pets and the elderly or anybody that you know that may not have uh, air conditioning uh, or their air conditioning. Can you imagine? I said I told my I said to my wife last night. I said, you know, I said the air conditioning guys have got to be. Oh my gosh. Just this is overtime city for them uh, because uh, a lot of units get overtaxed this time of year with that kind of heat and so they're they are jumping i'm surprised i'm not surprised if they're working almost 24 hours a day as many calls as i'm sure that all of the heating and air conditioning places have right now well, it's got to be um i'm curious as to why we don't have it and i know we're not the uh, epicenter for for businesses to relocate uh thank goodness we've got the ones we have like century link and Bancroft Paper and Gardner Denver and all these wonderful people that have uh, fortunately made their uh, our little place their home. But I always wondered, hey, what a better test case for air conditioners than here? Carrier, Linux, uh, somebody like that. You want to you wanna have a place where you can put your air conditioner to a, a test? Try North Louisiana. Humidity. Um, as, as Joe Moorhead said, the new head coach at Mississippi State, who's at Penn State, he says it's like it slaps you in the face when you walk outside. And uh, it does indeed, and especially the hot dog days of July. Okay, going to get right to it. We, we kind of teased it yesterday at the end of the show, said that we were going to uh, start off with 
I mean, I'm glad we waited because what went down with the the anthem business. First of all, let me say this, and I'm glad. Look, I'm glad we waited because with the developments that happened yesterday afternoon and overnight, uh, it has added another layer to the uh, you know to the onion here. And so I'm glad that we can peel all this away and um, and get you know to the also to the sports part of it as well. So the first thing is, and I use this phrase a lot, but it's amazing to me that intelligent people can't all get together and make intelligent decisions. The and, and I'm going to add the NFLPA to this because now they're just as culpable as the owners. The NFL. And the NFL Players Association, they just don't seem to be able to get out of their own way. And as as much a mega business as this is, and as supposedly great businessmen that are owners of NFL teams, plus the leadership of the NFLPA has lawyers and you know other people that have been in business and all of this kind of stuff, they just can't get out of their own way. And I don't understand how they cannot get out of their own way. Uh, this thing now with uh, all of a sudden with the standstill agreement where they're, uh, the NFL not is now not going to implement disciplinary action for anthem protests. So you've, you've lost revenue and you've lost viewers and you've lost ratings the last two years because of this all of this ridiculousness. So now you're going to not enact policies that are going to allow something to continue that has cost you mega viewership, mega ratings, and in the and locally especially has cost you uh, about five hundred to six hundred million dollars. That just that picture doesn't look right. It, it doesn't look right, and I think the Dolphins were headed in the right direction. Um, they were going to institute fines, and I guess now all of a sudden uh, they've changed course. Uh, Casey, I think his name Darrell Casey, uh, defensive end for the Tennessee Titans, said he's going to uh, take the fine and whatever. Uh, you had a great, uh, you know, of course we've always said the NBA and other sports don't have this issue. Um why just the NFL? Um, and you, the answer, of course, is obvious. Like you said, just everybody stays in the locker room until the anthem is played. Uh, that is the that is the answer, and maybe there's a reason for that. I think one of the really sticking one of the things that's really flying under the radar about this controversy is when Colin Kaepernick and that crew um, decided to do this. I don't think they expected the blowback from the military standpoint. I don't even think they thought ahead. And all of a sudden now they're having a crawfish on that and say, well, we didn't mean it was disrespecting the military. Well, you know what? Your actions sometimes do have unintended consequences, and this did. And I think now people uh, at this point are getting, uh, I think, would reward the NFL for taking a, a pretty tough stance on this. And, and by the way, you know, you're seeing this now. Um, the NFL players are, are expendable, whether due to age, injury, 
um, you know, more something they draft somebody more talented at that position. Uh, it's a very short career. I would want to earn every stinking penny I could, knowing that my next year could be my last. Um, it's only fifty-three man rosters. Uh, it's hard to make it. Uh, you do have a, you know, a taxi squad. They used to call it. Now I think it's called a practice squad. But uh, again, that's only about seven to ten people. Um, I would not do anything. This is one of those situations where I would not do anything to draw attention to myself if I wanted to stay employed as long as possible. And, you know, you're at the behest of, of the fans, too. And like you brought up, Mark, when the rev- when the dollars stop coming in, uh, and you can only put so much on television and advertising and so much, which is important. Well, and there's a point to be made there, too, Jamie. This year... Uh, the past year, uh, the actual revenue in the NFL was up 4%. But there's a caveat to that. That's not really, even though it is figures-wise, that money that they were up, I think it was 4%, uh, that money came from television contracts that were signed you know, four or five years ago. So that's locked-in money that they were going to get regardless of, you know, what happened in the league, that was money they were going to get anyway. So you can't really go by by that 4% bump in revenue this past year. Now, on the flip side of that, what I was talking about was that local advertising in all of the markets and some of the money, you know, there's thresholds in advertising for the NFL that they have to draw a certain amount of rating based on the fees that they charged all of these mega companies throughout the country for advertising, if their ratings don't meet a certain threshold, they have to give certain amount of money back or credit back money to those advertisers if their ratings aren't at a certain level. They had to do that this year to the tune of about five. Now, this is on the national level and the local level as well, to the tune of about $500 million that they had to give back because the ratings were down so much. I don't know if this would be a solution or not, but I think we'd want to be in the business of solutions and and right now take this controversy away from the name calling and the and the uh, personalities involved. Why not, if you're say for example President Trump? I mean, I know most of the people come out, but just come out and say, "Hey, NFL, we're going to ask that." You know, I know we disagree on this, but how about expanding your rosters to 65, 66, and your practice squads to 12 to 15 and employ more people? And the caveat being that, hey, we're going to do this with the understanding that everybody stands for the anthem or we're going to stay in the locker room for the whole smear. If you're going to, if you're going to protest, then you're not, you're not on the team. Don't give a damn how good you are. Well, we got a text. You, you here. don't stay on the team, but you know that's the caveat. We're going to increase roster sizes and so forth, but you've got to stand for the anthem. And none of your biz says uh, NBA players and MLB players are on the court and on the field for the anthem as well. But they have rules uh, in place that <clears throat> they have to stand and be respectful uh, during the anthem. So they already have rules in place, and that's why I can't understand why the NFL. You know why they. Again, why they can't get out of their own way. Just have a thing that, you know, if you if you do it, you know, there's there's discipline involved. Now, he also, um, the same texter had the same, had a, another good point. 
that the suspension that they were going to levy four games for not standing or, you know, protesting some way during the national anthem, uh, you'd give uh, was a little excessive and kind of ridiculous. And this is where the inconsistency of the NFL comes in on discipline as well. And that is they would do four games for that, but yet um, uh, Jameis Winston gets three for sexual assault. There's something wrong there. There's something wrong with that picture also. Yeah. And, and none um, of your biz brings that up. Yeah. Now, well, there and there is one other thing too. You know, originally the story came out yesterday that the Dolphins were going to have a team rule about suspending people. Well, if you go and read in depth in that article that was written about that, the administration of the Dolphins said that all they were doing was filing normal paperwork with the league office about what rules they might implement in this situation because they talked to an official from the Dolphins and was quoted in this article as saying, we have no plans and had no plans to suspend or fine anybody. So that was just mere paperwork that they were turning into the league office as to what policies they might implement. So uh, they kind of, whoever broke those stories at the beginning kind of jumped the gun a little bit by saying oh the dolphins are going to start suspending people if uh, they protest during the anthem uh the i don't know if it was the general manager or the assistant general manager that they quoted in the article but said no it's just paperwork that we had to file with the league office as to plans that we might have but we don't plan on suspending or finding anybody so that was kind of a a big story that ended up kind of that now is kind of a non-story. So let's go ahead and take a break and we'll continue here. 888-993-7762. We'll roll on with this here on the edge right after this. If you ask how we feel, it's going to be hot. Just listen to Cooper on a 102 and 103. Man, I didn't realize it was supposed to be that high, but still heat index is 115 to 120 uh, now Mm. in the next uh, three days. So, uh, please. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's yeah. life endangering. It is. There. It's life endangering. Uh, make sure that if you're out doing any outdoor activity, whether it's sports related or yard work related or whatever, either do it real early in the morning or after the, or, you know, at d- about dusk when the sun's about to go down when you've got some shade somewhere. Uh, well, just be safe and, and check on. Yeah, check well. on people. Take um, take uh, extra precautions with your pets and everything well. else. Want to go to the Washita Valley? Federal Credit Union text line, Jay says, the problem I see, not just in football, is that employees don't see the fact that damage to their employees and their employee reputations trickle down trickle down to the employees. Same thing, No, uh, doesn't matter whether it's a fast food restaurant or the NFL. I love FSs. This is on the, what we were talking about at the very beginning. He said, here's a professional tip for all 97.7 callers. Save the number in your phone. You don't have to wait for the host to give the number, and you can win contests faster by calling faster. This PSA is brought to you by FS. <laughs> uh, good you, stuff FS is good, yeah, good stuff as always from FS. We always have the most intelligent listeners. Don't we? <laughs> Love that. Richie and Bienville says, Bienville Richie says, uh, I'm lucky if I make fifty thousand dollars working around three hundred days a year. If someone is willing to pay me millions of dollars. For five to six months of work, I'm going to show up, do my job, and do the best to not attract any negative attention to myself. Well, couldn't that's... couldn't be it couldn't be better said. 
you know, the last thing I want to say about this before we go on to something else is, unfortunately, sports in general is not like real life because that concept is true and probably is the truest statement about that that Richie said about everything that has to do with how athletes and how sporting teams are treated and the circumstances around it. And that is that it's not real life for them. Uh, it's not like you and me, like the average Joe that has to go to work every day and try and, you know, scrape out a living for, for themselves and for their families. Um, they don't, you know, they don't have the same standards that the average Joe has because if these things, a lot of this stuff that athletes do, regardless of whether it's the NFL or, you know, NBA or, or baseball, uh, hockey, doesn't matter. The, some of the things that these guys are getting in trouble for or doing to disrespect things and all of that, if they did that at a regular job and their boss or the owner of a company called them into the office and said, hey, listen, you know, we hear that you're doing this or we see that you're doing that or you've said this, uh, you know, that's we're not going to have that here. And um, we're this is your warning. And if you do it again, then we're going to have to let you go. And then well, if, if you if you're lucky, you get a second chance. Yeah, you get nowadays, a warning. But a lot of times, yeah. you know, when uh, most of the time when you do something in a workplace that is uh, not appropriate or um, socially acceptable, you get fired and you don't have anything to say about it. You know, you either you either as, as the old phrase, you tow the company line or you get fired one or the other. <laughs> and uh, that is not the case with uh you know, with the million-dollar athletes. So uh, they don't live in the real world like the rest of us do. So the the, the standards and circumstances, unfortunately, uh, are not the same as the rest of us. Uh, I do want to – I want to switch over to um, uh, to SEC, you know, the media days. Nick Brown and Sean did a great job uh, with the Conference USA media days. I want to go to the SEC media days. The, the, the Sun Belt – and the Conference USA ones are really fun. You know, I've been to both of them, and, and the coaches, you know, they don't really, except maybe Lane Kiffin uh, with Conference USA now. But uh, when we were there, when I was there with Nick a few years ago, you know, none of the coaches big-timed you. Uh, they didn't come in like, hey, I'm doing you a favor by talking to you. Uh, all the coaches were great. The players were great. They were pretty humble as a general as a general rule. They were just happy to be there, and it was fun. I know it's the kind of unofficial start of college football when the SEC media days and the ones for the Power Five conferences come around, but really, what do you get? You know, I watched quite a few of the coaches' interviews. You've got all these, all these guys – and you wonder what in the world they're mostly the dot-com and blog guys uh, that look like they came out of the Big Bang Theory TV show and they just ask some of the dumbest questions and the coaches really and truly don't give you anything really any more than in just a standard press conference to me it's just a glorified uh, press conference is, is all it is and, and, again, I know that that's kind of the informal beginning of college football with these, with these media days, and they bring a couple of players with them. But I, I just don't get the hype. It's just like hype in the draft. 
I just don't get the hype uh, with what the substance is. It's more it's more flash than getting any real substance from these coaches because you get coach speak from you know seventy five to eighty percent of their comments is something that they say in normal uh, news conferences anyway. Well, I guess the best thing that comes out of it perhaps is just more uh, attention to the sport itself, and maybe that's that's what it generates because you're right most of the uh, most of the comments do appear to be canned or, you know, they don't want to do anything. Although it always gives save. Everybody goes every year to see Saban go off on somebody or a topic or, you know, so he can, you know, it's kind of like once he says it, it's like the Lord has spoken. So now we can, you know, okay, we're going to toe the line on this. Um, it's really, to me, uh, probably what it does is what it, what it has accomplished. And that's get us excited about college football. And, you know, I, I do like to, you know, the controversy with who's – is Jalen Hurts going to stay at Alabama? Is he going – you know, that just infuriates Saban, and I understand why. I mean, I, you, can, you can see his point because he's trying to hold on to the kid as long as he can until he's got somebody in place who can be an adequate backup like Hurts could be. Um, but the, the, switch, the part of that that coaches is, is infuriating, and is, I agree with you, is, as dumb as some of those questions are, you know, it's better to have – what do you they say? It's better to have bad publicity than no publicity. Um, <laughs> or some, yeah. I know some or of those, some, yeah. Some of the schools like Vanderbilt and, you know, right. a couple of the other Kentucky, you know, they're kind of struggling for uh, – to get in – to kind of squeeze in some time with the big boys and get some notice anyway. So I can I can understand that point. Yeah, I think it's um, – this is uh, – the SEC media days are really the only time anybody talks about Vanderbilt and Kentucky football. So um, – or Missouri for that fact. But I think it's – it is, it is to me, it's too long. I mean, SEC media days, four days, that's that's kind of tough uh, to stomach from an expense standpoint and so forth. But um, it does it does give your, you know, your fan base something to think about. I mean, we pretty much know that football is 365 a year. Well, that, it's not, I, I think – Recruiting and everything. You I know, think you throw Jamie, it all in the mix. Yeah, I think, Jamie, that's my point. Uh, about my previous statements is the is just what you said is so true nowadays you know to say well you know you're giving their fans some highlights that's been going on all year I mean you can't tell me that all of the things that Nick Saban said in his you know part of the media days or Ed Orgeron hasn't been covered at nauseum by uh, you know the newspapers and local radio in those prospective cities uh, mm -hmm. all the way from the end of last year. So, you know, you're not really getting a whole lot of uh, any kind of earth-shattering information, I guess, is is it. No, I, I don't think so necessarily. Although, you know, it was interesting when I was living in Alabama and, and Birmingham, to, to be more precise, and uh, when Phil Fulmer was subpoenaed while he was at SEC Media Days. That was interesting. And to see the reaction – of the Alabama fan base when Saban enters the Winfrey, that's always worth the price of admission. Um, you know, that's the kind of stuff, though, that really is – I agree. I mean, it's a lot of embellishment. It doesn't necessarily add to the conversation as far as how the teams are going to perform that year. But it is uh, – it does provide a – again, it's more or less just generating interest. Like, But as you said, most of that has been uh, covered during the year. Um 
you know, I, I kind of wish we did have more of a delineation in sports in the South than we do. Uh, but it's kind of football, spring football, recruiting, and baseball a little bit. Uh, basketball uh, needs to be, you know, more the forefront. It is kind of to some extent, but generally it's that's the way it is. And, um, you know, whether it serves a purpose or not, uh, Lynn Scarborough addressed this, and he, he's very much in favor of SEC Media Days because he feels that a lot of, uh, a lot of stories can be written during that time that, or you're a coach or you're, you're a media that you normally don't get a chance to follow Arkansas, for example, or Vanderbilt or whatever. This gives you the opportunity to uh, rub elbows with the media from those particular places, and that's why he likes it. But um, as far as the anything earth-shattering coming out of them, uh, I agree. You know, Mark, you're probably right. There's not a lot of uh, – a lot of it's just rehashed commentary about, you know, quarterback controversies, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just uh, – but I guess, again, um, it's why people like us like magazines and stay interested in, like, Athlon and Lindy's and because it's uh, it's something that we enjoy. And um, fortunately, a number of our listeners do as well. Oh, yeah. And like I said, it's not a bad thing. It's just that uh, I just – I don't know. I just haven't gotten a whole lot of, uh, of mm, flash out of it, I guess. It's – it's, um, you know, kind of the same old thing all the time. But, uh, you know, a lot of people find, like the draft, a lot of people find it entertaining. And, and uh, you know, we I'm glad, like I said, I, I love the Conference USA. I've never been to the SEC when I know all the guys from here that have gone said it's uh, pretty amazing how elaborate everything is and, and all of that. But I've had a lot of fun uh, going to the uh, Conference USA and the Sun Belt one, both. And I know – uh, Sean will have, uh, I believe, Monday. He'll be down in New Orleans with the uh, with the Sun Belt Media Days. So we look forward to that as well. We'll go ahead and take a break. When we return here on the Edge, we'll have uh, more discussion. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two on this Friday. Jamie and I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Edge, Sports Talk ninety seven point seven. Mark Kramer. Jamie Fox and Mr. John Tabor. How would you like to How would you like to have one of your best franchise players retire and then say that a a coach that he played with only one year was better and more focused than the guy you played for most of your career? <laughs> That's what happened. I just think this is so interesting. That's James Harrison, who was a great, great, may end up being a Hall of Famer, um, came out and said that Bill Belichick was a better coach, more organized, more disciplined than Mike Tomlin, and that Mike Tomlin needed to be more disciplined with the program, his franchise and the players as well. That had to have gone over like a lead balloon. <laughs> Pretty much, I would think, yeah. Um, I think the key also, in, in addition to all this other controversy we're talking about, is uh, don't throw your uh, employer or your head coach under the bus unless you're willing to accept some of the consequences. Um, Tomlin's had a, a great career in Pittsburgh. Um, they haven't quite you know, gotten over the hump yet, but 
Uh, I think looking back, he's he's got a, a pretty good track record of his own. But, you know, wouldn't that give you a little bit of a pause for that that situation to occur? Somebody that played for you for, I don't know how long, Harrison, I think he was with the Steelers like 10 years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, James Harrison, yeah. Yeah, James Harrison. But wouldn't that kind of, you know, give you a – Give you a, you know, <laughs> kind of a, a go sit back in your chair and go, well, wait a minute, what? Yeah. To well, play for the Patriots one year or not even whole, a full year and uh, and play for the Steelers all that time and then say that Bill Belichick was better than the guy you played for for 10 years. Well, <laughs> I don't know, but I certainly wouldn't appreciate it. And uh, I think Harrison has finally hung it up, right? I think he played like 14 or 15 years in the yes. league. Yes. So, and I think his last year was with the Patriots. He finally was cut by the – a workout warrior, by the way. His uh, his off-season regimens were, were legendary, um, and that's probably why he stayed in the league as long as he did. Paid handsomely, by the way, by the Pittsburgh Steelers, who apparently do not have a coach as good as Bill Belichick, who he played six months for. So, um, I, I don't know why that was necessary to, to, to bring out uh, James at this point. Um it's uh, but again, uh, I guess if you're a millionaire, you can say whatever you want, and that's something that I think a lot of these players ought to take into account. You are a millionaire; you have a lifestyle second to none. If you play your cards right, you never have to work again. And um, I, I think at this point, it's time to maybe take a step back and look in the mirror, uh, and not to piggyback too much, Mark. But uh, uh, I think we've got some breaking news on that on that policy and that. Uh, now the NFL Players Association and NFL owners are going to take a uh, take a standstill agreement. Is that kind of what they're saying, or they're not going to? Yeah, that's really what I called it anything? when we were talking about that earlier. Right. Is it, yeah, they call it a standstill agreement. <laughs> What's that mean? That means stand for the national anthem, I guess, and then we'll we'll discuss it later. Maybe I don't know, but uh, it is uh, all of a sudden everybody's crawfishing and. Um, in, in saying different things about one another, and, and all of a sudden now they're saying, "Well, we're just gonna we're gonna sit on it." Well, you know, we'll see if the uh, you know the revenue. I think is like you said, a lot of that was paid in advance. You know, you can. I think what you if you strip away the layers of the onions, as you say, Mark, and look at the revenue from the corporate sponsorships, the the advertising, and so forth. Sure, yeah, that that's been about where it's always been. It hasn't really suffered too much. But uh, at what point, there, there, I think you still have to have, as they say, butts in the seats uh, eventually because I don't know what somebody can probably uh, text into us and tell us what's the average price now of an NFL season ticket. And I would still say um, if I'm an owner, I still want to have people coming to, uh, t- coming to the games every Sunday, especially at home. Hogan texts in on the Washtenaw Valley Federal Credit Union text line. If you don't want to stand for the anthem, you shouldn't be paid or live or play in America. That's John Hogan. And then Richie. Wonder how um, James Harrison feels about Marvin Lewis. (laughs) He was in Cincinnati for a pit stop. I don't know how. I really and truly don't know how in the world he, he... he has been like the uh, like John Gotti, who they called the Teflon Don, you know, in the mafia. 
Marvin Lewis. About Marvin Lewis. Marvin yeah. Lewis is the Teflon Don of the of NFL head coaches. How in the world? And I and being from Cincinnati, of course, I've read the papers for for years. You know, the Cincinnati Enquirer. And when I've been up there, it's it's around this time. If my dad and I go up there for some games, it's usually in July or early August as they're getting ready for camp and and uh, just reading some of the articles and and listening to their talk radio up there. It's amazing to me that the ownership, I don't know if they just don't want to pay anybody else any big money to bring in somebody else or what it is or whether he has something on the ownership, you know, some video or or pictures. Compromising photos. Yeah, something they don't want publicized. But it's just been amazing to me how he's continued uh, with all of the failures and last-minute bonehead coaching moves that have cost Cincinnati playoff games and even regular season games, it's amazing to me that he's still employed. Okay, I think Kenny's answered our – Marvin has dirt on the owner. Yeah, right. <laughs> he was <laughs> thinking along the mind. same lines we were. Yeah. Well, geez, I never thought I'd pine for the days of Marge shot, but I believe I am now <laughs> in the – you remember, of course, Marge. Oh don't you? yeah, I don't. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to have to go, go there. We don't want to have to go back to those days for sure. Marge and her uh, her dog, her dog her, uh, sitting in the front six, row. Yeah. Her, her six pack of beer and her cig sitting on the <laughs> and front her row, river yeah. front. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. Marvin Lewis. You just ahead. wonder. You know, I was just going to say, there's guys like that in all sports, though. You know, it's kind of weird that you see. Uh, it can even filter down to college. You see people on a regular basis, year after year after year, that kind of keep a job long term. And when I say long term, probably, you know, maybe that what we pretty much consider a tenured period, which is three years or more. And the the team plays maybe without a whole lot of enthusiasm and passion. And this can be true in any sport. And they're not as very successful. They're just kind of a generic oatmeal kind of franchise and you just wonder how in the world when guys get fired that have made the playoffs in their particular sport but yet there's some of these guys that that are just kind of milk toast that are with teams that are not successful seven eight years nine years uh just a long period of time and they still uh have their job it just it just boggles my mind sometimes how front offices and or administrations in college determine whether somebody gets fired or not. Well, you see, you know, some would argue that's the case in Dallas with Jason Garrett. You know, why is he still? But, you know, I think he's been had some success. Uh, the Marvin Lewis situation, and, and for that matter, the Tomlin situation in Pittsburgh, um, I, I just – there's probably something about – uh, those coaches that, that they feel is a good fit for their organization. Um, but Cincinnati forever, since the Brown family has been, you know, involved with them, they've always been known as being pretty tight-fisted in free agency. And as far as the play, paying of their players, of course, I'd love to get paid what some of the, the Bengals get paid. But, you know, comparatively speaking for, to the rest of the NFL, um, not so much. But it is a uh, – an interesting city. You grew up there. Um, you have the Reds. You have, um, I believe, at one time, well, who was the basketball program? Was it the Cincinnati Royals? It was the Cincinnati point? Royals played in the old Cincinnati Garden. What That's a right. dump, What a dump that was. <laughs> I went there as a kid. I'm not joking. 
This place Tell was us about the golf. Tell they, us hey, this place was built. Listen, seriously, this place was built like the 1930s, and uh, <laughs> it, it inside it looked like an old baseball stadium. It had the the you know the pillars that if you went to old Tiger Stadium or Comiskey oh, yeah. Park or or um, your view. even old Crosley Field in Cincinnati where I went as a kid. Yeah, you had to look around the pole. You know, you didn't want one of those seats that was behind one of the one of the poles that was holding the roof up. And they had those there. And there was always, a, of course, that was bef- before the smoking rules. And uh, they had those lights that only shined on the court that hung way down on cords from the ceiling. And there was always a fog hanging up around the light area because of the cigarette smoke in the arena. I always thought to myself later uh, in life, how in the world did those guys continue to play with all of that smoke uh, night after night and because all of the arenas had them, regardless of whether they were in New York at Madison Square Garden or you know someplace else, they all had uh, they all had smoking was you know available in oh. the arenas. But that fog was always up there, and the place always smelled like beer. You know, <laughs> it was it was all it was terrible, it was terrible. But I loved going and watching Oscar Robertson play uh, for the Cincinnati Royals. That no music means that. <laughs> John's going, <laughs> means we're going to break. hey, <laughs> turkeys, hey. it's time to take a break. Exactly. And we're going to do that here on this Friday, and we'll have the final segment of the week here on The Edge as we return right after this. Welcome back. Got a few minutes here left here on The Edge on this Friday. This will be uh, my last show for a couple weeks. I'll be out uh, with some medical situations. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to be back on the 6th of August, which would be a Monday, which is my regular day with Sean. On You're going the, on injured reserve. I'm sport, yeah, I'm going on the disabled list. <laughs> of course, a lot of people would say I was mentally disabled anyway, <laughs> So, uh, but I'm already there. But, yeah, I'll be on the disabled list for a couple of weeks. Uh, so um, everybody stay safe and try to stay cool out there as we go into this uh, really bad weather time. Um Richie again says, uh, keeping Marvin Lewis is crazy, sure, but keeping Andy Dalton? <laughs> Question mark. That guy doesn't even belong to be a big, belong in the Arena Football League, much less in the NFL. And then um, Danny texts in, and um, I've always put a lot of stock, even when we're talking about you know certain subjects that are a little testy with some people. Uh, especially, you know, the anthem and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I take a lot of stock in people that were in the military because it affects them more than than anybody else uh, because of the personal connection with defending our country. So uh, uh, Danny says, as a former Marine, I believe everyone should stand for the anthem. He said, don't get me wrong. Everybody should have equal treatment under the law. But it seems to me uh, that nobody seems to mention that the first time Colin Kaepernick sat for the national anthem, he wasn't going to start that game and was about to be cut by the 49ers. So that's a good, you know, that's a, a good point that I've never had heard brought up before that he was about to get cut anyway. So I guess at the time he didn't feel like he had anything to lose. One thing I want to get to real quick is the this craziness in the NBA with all these these kind of goofy trades. You know, we kept hearing uh how do you think Kawhi Leonard feels? You know, on the sports company, 
Dennis Chambers from Basketball Insider is has been a great, great guest for us on the Sports Company. And <clears throat> I asked him the other day about, you know, can people are assuming that Kawhi Leonard can be a franchise player. Well, he's always played with these all-stars with Parker and Duncan and Ginobili and, you know, all these guys at uh, in San Antonio. He's never been the guy. You know, but all these, all the media people and even some of the teams seem to be treating him like he can carry a franchise. Well, in his seven years in the NBA, he's never carried a franchise. So how do you know that there's even a possibility that he can do it? And there was all, well, he's going to go to the Lakers with LeBron and he's going to do this and going to do that. And he ends up in purgatory in Toronto, of all places. And Toronto thinks so much of their franchise player that they swap Kawhi Leonard for DeRozan, and neither one of them are happy about it. And then it comes along this morning that Carmelo Anthony gets traded to a team, and then the it team him. waves him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how all these trades work. I'm sure somebody's going to get something somewhere, a draft pick or cash or something. But he purposely got traded from the Thunder to the Hawks. Okay, let's see if you can follow this. He gets traded to the Hawks. Then the Hawks wave him, and now he becomes a free agent to sign with probably either Miami or Houston. And I don't know why Houston would want to screw their lineup up by signing him, but those are the two of the teams that are out there. Uh, and then one of the other guys that the Hawks got, they're going to trade him to Minnesota, I think, is who they were saying that they were going to trade him to. So you're trading for two or three guys, and two of them aren't even going to be on your team. You cut one of them after you got them, and then you're trading the other guy. And I know there's, you know, other moving parts to this trade. There has to be after after all of this that when the dust settles, you know, some teams will have players, some teams will have cash and players, some people will have draft picks only, and some some of the teams will have draft picks and players together. But we'll have to wait for a while to see how all of this shakes out. To me, it's just absolutely crazy. You know, I, I don't. Is the NBA straddled by a salary cap like? Uh, they do have the a salary United? cap, yes. Okay, they do, and then there's a luxury tax involved as well. Right. That's the only. That's the only rationale I can give for some of these moves is they're just trying to shed salary and, and avoid the tax. Um, Carmelo Anthony has been, uh, while he was a great player at Syracuse, and from all indications, what Terry says is when he plays in the international league, he represents the USL USA famously, but. As far as a teammate and a franchise, a player you can build your franchise around, not so much. And he tends to wherever he goes. That that, I mean, my gosh, I don't think the Knicks have ever recovered from him being there. Um, so, and that tells you so. Why would you trade for somebody? And it has to be there has to be something involved from a money perspective. But anyway, maybe Carmelo Anthony will join the Ball family and they'll start something up again in Lithuania or something. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, they need to start There's... there. That's what LeVar Ball needs to do. He just needs to start his own team, and I know he's got that goofy league, but he just yeah. needs to kind of get his own team together of his sons and a bunch of rejects from the NBA and then go play in Europe somewhere and have well, you know join one of the European leagues uh, teams in the uh, third or fourth division, and then that would say – and he could coach. See, he could coach a team, and then he doesn't have anybody to blame but himself. 
he can't rant it himself. It's like at my shop, well, at my store sometimes, you know, people will say uh, something about something I did. And I said, well, you know, I can't fire myself. So <laughs> so it's, it is what it is. The buck stops with me. So uh, that would kind of solve everybody's problems if LeVar Ball would just go ahead and coach and coach his sons and coach the team. And then he has nobody else to blame, well, except the referees, because he did well, that no, in AEU ball. See, and I think we're we're missing out on something here, Mark. I, I, in Lavar Ball's mind, which don't don't spend a lot of time trying to figure that out. It's clinical. It, <laughs> yeah, it, in his mind, he's better than Luke Walton is of the of the Lakers. So let's let's just take a little let's do an experiment here and let him have his own NBA franchise. Let's have the thirty third team in the league and let's Lavar Ball coach it. And let's see how many games they win and how many times he yanks them off the court and, and whatever and how many pairs of shoes he sells or whatever to the adoring uh, fan base. Uh, that way, you know, I, I don't know, but you know, I, the sad part about it is I don't think you can – I don't think anything embarrasses this guy. I don't think anything – he's like like you said, the Teflon Don. I'm sorry. Gets I, to him. Richie, Richie's really been hitting on some good ones this morning on the text line. He says, hey, there's a good name, LeVar Ball's L.A. Rejects. That's the franchise name. I, I, you, you've nailed it. Again, Richie, yes, I think that has got to be the uh, – LeVar. well, let him coach the team in the NBA, for goodness sakes. I mean, let's – why not? Um, and I think he starts with Camelo Anthony. I think that's that's the right. That's the foundation. Yeah, and that was my Carmelo point. Anthony. His yeah. sons and Carmelo Anthony is where he, maybe Dwight Howard. Uh, yeah. He can start with all of those guys. And uh, well, I don't know. Maybe 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 uh, resurrect Allen Iverson and see where it uh, goes. Yeah, get, grab some of the guys at it at three on three. I heard yeah. that um, Nate Robinson and made a world peace and uh, <laughs> somebody else that was that has been retired for six or seven years was on the same team and that forget well, who why not bill russell bring out bring bill russell out of the mothballs <laughs> hey jerry uh, west could probably still shoot it yeah even though not? he's you know 75 years old or so i so. don't think yeah i mean you know couldn't <laughs> the la rejects that's right there you go that's a great way to finish the week isn't it with the no, L, and I think with lavar uh, ball's la rejects the only thing missing from that coaching staff is terry waltrip and there you he go he could be the assistant coach since you Absolutely. had him on his since you had him on your top 10 overrated overrated coach or athlete number six by the way yeah he was right in the middle of the pack so well thanks again for listening today here on the edge we appreciate it as always very much and the edge was brought to you by dr david weber north monroe animal hospital 165 north of monroe mr bobby manning attorney at law spa nouvelle on lammy lane in monroe and gb cooley reminds you to support a worthwhile cause in north louisiana and that is the louisiana special olympics thanks for all of the text today on the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union text line and uh, been an honor and a privilege to be with Mr. Jamie Fox for the last three days. Terry should be back on Monday and as I said I'll be out on the disabled list for a couple of weeks but uh, thanks again for listening to The Edge and so for Jamie and John Tabor don't forget don't live life safe live it on the edge. Have a great weekend everyone. Thanks for listening to The Edge with Terry Waldrop. No matter what the topic, Terry will take it all.
He's not scared, and you better not be either. We want to see you right back here every single weekday. Missed it? No problem. You can catch the podcast on iTunes and in the Google Play Store. We're living on.